You're listening to Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. It's the deadliest corporate crime in U.S. history, and PG&E pleaded guilty to 84 counts of manslaughter on Tuesday for its role in igniting the California wildfire that killed 84 people, destroyed nearly 19,000 homes and businesses, and the entire town of Paradise. On the same day that CEO Bill Johnson repeated the guilty plea to involuntary manslaughter 84 times before Judge Michael Deems, Another judge cleared the way for the company to exit bankruptcy, although the long-term future of the utility giant remains in question. Joining me is former prosecutor Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University Law School. How unusual is it for a corporation to plead guilty to felonies? Well, Bill Johnson, the CEO of PG&E, stood up in the Butte County Superior Court and pleaded guilty 84 times. This is unprecedented. We haven't seen a company stand up and say, we're guilty of manslaughter 84 different times. PG&E is still under probation for a 2016 conviction for a gas pipeline blast that killed eight people. So were they sort of backed into a corner here? They really were backed into a corner. They had to negotiate some kind of a deal with the Butte County prosecutor, and they're going to end up paying $3.5 million fine, and then they're also going to pay $500,000 to the Butte County prosecutor's office to cover the cost of the investigation. So what had happened was that there was a hook that was on one of the power lines that came detached. And that ended up starting the Paradise Fire. And so you now have Bill Johnson standing up in court saying, we're sorry for what happened here. So, Peter, some people look at this and say, okay, they're going to pay a lot of money, but no executives are being sent to jail when this is a company that has repeatedly done things that were illegal. Yes. And in fact, you know, with the various fires that have started in Northern California, much of it is traceable to PG&E's failures. And what you have happening here is no one is being held responsible except for Bill Johnson, CEO, who had to show up in court and plead guilty. But no one in the corporate hierarchy is being held responsible for this beyond the $3.5 million that PG&E has to pay. Plus, they've entered into a settlement with the families of the people who died for $13.5 billion, and they're going to pay that in stock. So, you know, is the stock going to be worth anything? That's an interesting question to ask because it may be worthless stock. There was a lot of talk about the governor threatening a state takeover of PG&E. In a situation like this where a company has repeatedly failed to live up to standards and affects community after community, why not have a public takeover of it? Well, I think that's an interesting question because Governor Gavin Newsom has said that 
he wants to see PG&E um, respond to its many and various failures, uh, the many fires that have broken out in Northern California and killed any number of people. He wants to see them perhaps be taken over and run like a public utility that would allow for people to um, pay their bills, but to still, it would still be a public utility and it would be regulated by the state. So the Public Service Commission is still going to be regulating PG&E and I don't think they're going to allow PG&E to raise its rates very much. I do think that they are going to say, look, you're not going to cover the $13.5 billion by raising your rates and forcing people to pay much higher rates. Coming up next on Bloomberg Law, victims will get a chance to speak their piece before the sentencing of PG&E been talking to Professor Peter Henning of Wayne State University Law School about PG&E pleading guilty to involuntary manslaughter and admitting that it killed 84 people after its equipment ignited the deadliest fire in California state history. Explain what happened to Arthur Anderson and how that won't happen here because basically California residents can't say I'm not going to use PG&E anymore. Well, what had happened with Arthur Anderson was they were convicted of obstruction of justice. It turned out uh, three years later, the Supreme Court reversed the conviction. But here what you have with PG&E is you have a company acknowledging that it killed 84 different people. And so this is really going to be very costly. For PG&E, even after the San Bruno explosion that happened south of San Francisco that killed eight different people, you're still going to have the company on probation. And I would expect that the federal judge in San Francisco who's overseeing the probation to crack the whip on them and force PG&E to upgrade its towers and upgrade the hooks that are holding on to the various power lines. And it would not surprise me if the federal district judge in San Francisco said, look, you have to improve how you are operating. Peter, explain why prosecutors couldn't charge individual executives. It's essentially a case that involves corporate negligence. And that's why the CEO of the company came in and pleaded guilty 84 times and said that we can't make up for the loss of life here. And so what I think we're going to see happen with PG&E is that there is a real chance that the state is going to take them over and run them as a public utility. and. Uh, not allow them to raise their rates to cover the cost of the $13.5 billion that they have agreed to pay out to the various families of the victims. 
And so it would not surprise me if Governor Newsom stepped in and said, look, PG&E, you're not going to continue to operate the way you've been operating. You've got to take a step back and you've got to be run as a public utility. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is the second bankruptcy for PG&E in 20 years. So when they run into serious problems, they go into bankruptcy and then they're guaranteed to come out of it because the state needs them. Absolutely. The, the, the state needs PG&E um, because it, it covers most of Northern California. And, um, and so there's no way really to shut the utility down, and they're going to need to come up with a way to figure out how they can turn PG&E into a public utility and ensure that it continues to operate properly and that they they improve their um, power grid and the power lines, and I think they're going to have to go back and replace all the hooks that are holding up the various power lines. This is really going to be an issue for Governor Newsom. I think he's going to try to step in and say, look, PG&E, you can't continue to operate the way you have been operating. I want to get your take on this. I read that Prosecutors have been trying for 40 years to charge companies for killing people, and the closest comparison is BP's manslaughter plea in the Deepwater Horizon case. That's probably the the closest analogy, because 10 people on the Deepwater Horizon died, and so uh, BP ended up pleading guilty um, in that case and paid a very substantial fine. Um, And because of the blowout that happened on the Deepwater Horizon, you had beaches for miles that were polluted. And so British Petroleum had to go and clean up all those beaches. And so um, it would not surprise me if Governor Newsom stepped in and said, look, PG&E cannot continue to operate the way it has been operating, that they have to improve how they are preventing fires and trying to keep fires from happening. And it would not surprise me if Governor Newsom got the state legislature to step in and say, look, you're no longer a private utility. You're now a public utility. The judge is going to allow the victims and relatives of the victims to make impact statements. 
before the sentencing. The sentencing has already been agreed to. Do victim impact statements really help? I, I think it might well affect the sentencing because uh, Judge Weems in Butte County is going to listen to the victim impact statements and make a decision um, based on, you know, the, the three and a half million PG&E has to pay. Um, he could increase that fine and say, look, you've got to compensate these victims and you have to pay them um, substantially more than the $13.5 billion that PG&E has agreed to uh, so far. Do victims find it cathartic to make these statements in court? I think it certainly provides a measure of catharsis because families of the victims can come in and point the finger at PG&E and say, you destroyed lives. You destroyed 84 different lives by pleading guilty to the manslaughter charges, and now you're going to have to pay a cost for that. Thanks for being on Bloomberg Law, Peter. That's Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University Law School. Coming up next on Bloomberg Law, why the Supreme Court gave the Atlantic Coast Pipeline the okay. I'm June Grosso, and this is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.